0: two, one, action! Welcome to the Whatever Float Your Boat podcast. Billy and Sierra here from Tula's Endless Summer.
1: And Jetty's here right next to us.
0: (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about our very favorite things about living on a boat full-time.
1: So before we even get started, where are we?
0: We are still in the U.S. Virgin Islands and we are actually on a mooring right off of Lavon, Lavongo,
1: Lavongo Key, which is like just to the north of St. John.
0: And we actually got really lucky where we are because right, right now everything's um, closed down and there was a restaurant that was about to open and they just put in brand new moorings and they're letting us use the mooring for free. So we're very grateful yep. and feel very protected here.
1: And it's just us and a handful of other boats right here. Uh, it's a little rolly because the wind came around from the south, but not too bad. We have a swell bridle out keeping us directly into the chop and roll. And uh, we're kind of lucky because, it, yeah, like I said, there's only a handful of boats around here. And like I'm looking at Caneal Bay over there, there's a, like 20 or 30 boats over there. So we're just in a low key place and it's, uh, it's been great.
0: Yeah, it's been a great place to be socially distant. So without further ado, our favorite things about living on a boat. We're just going to kind of go with it. we got a whole bunch of ideas on why we love it, but
1: so we've been living on a boat for the past i mean us together what for the past five six years five six years full time pretty much um besides a little break here and there when we're doing boat work and we stay at your parents house or my parents house and um we were first on our little uh 26 foot pocket cruiser monohull sailboat and then we were on our old 34 foot trawler for two years and now we've been on this boat for almost three years this uh 38 foot catamaran 40 foot
0: catamaran
1: Yep. unique catamaran low key uh pretty slender hull slender accom- accommodations but quick
0: and billy actually lives on a houseboat before all of these three boats together prior yeah. to me but he lived on a houseboat too
1: yeah when i was in college uh my friends and family helped me restore this old 34 foot houseboat and i had it over where i worked lifeguarding for the summer and my friends and i would stay on it for for the summer while we lifeguarded
0: so, no matter what kind of boat you're on, you still, obviously, you're on a boat, so you're on the water. And my, I think one of my very, very, very favorite things is the fact that we pretty much live on our own private island.
1: Yeah, and that's how it was for me from the very beginning as well, starting with that houseboat. I mean, that uh, I lifeguard on Fire Island and the waterfront houses over there are millions of dollars, or at least a million dollars, probably two or three. And we have the same waterfront view. That's definitely one of my favorite parts as well, just being on the water and having the waterfront view. and yeah.
0: yeah, so a lot of people work their whole lives to be able to save and earn enough money to be able to get a waterfront property house. And we've been lucky enough to find a way where we can do it right now. And, and we love it, and we know we're lucky. and
1: comes with its unique challenges, um, but we'll probably get into that a little later. But yeah went traded for the world the next reason we love living on boat is because and this differs from my houseboat but um we are we travel a lot and we travel with our home so wherever we go we have our home with us we have all our stuff and yeah everything's with us
0: you never have to worry about packing you never have to worry about triple checking under the hotel bed to make sure you didn't forget your phone charger or whatnot because yeah exactly our home is a traveling home and everything comes with us
1: and we differ from a lot of cruisers in that we like to do a lot of things and a lot of like activities um and that includes like snorkeling spearfishing surfing kiteboarding paddleboarding and with our boat coming with our home coming with us we have all our toys with us as well so we never have to really we well, not too much pick and choose um what we want to bring when we're going somewhere it just all comes with us and there is a balance of how much stuff we can have on the boat but still we have most of our important toys on the boat
0: yes and that is very very important to us um you made a really good instagram post about this the other day freedom freedom what does freedom mean to you
1: yeah um well what does it mean to you
0: (laughs) did i put you on the spot there
1: yeah (laughs) I mean freedom just means being able to do whatever you want and I guess uh, I forget exactly what I wrote in my Instagram post but it was I I mean I thought it out I I think about this a lot and um, part of doing what you want and not being accountable to anyone else is is still being accountable to yourself and um, there's a cost of freedom. I mean, I mean, and we're not talking about freedom like in terms of being free, like within our country. Although that is freedom, and that's part of it. Um, it's
0: in- individually. This is
1: yeah, more like individual freedom, and it is, and it does come with like being an American. I mean, we're lucky to be an American and be free as Americans are, because other places around the world is not necessarily like that, and in other. Uh, Time frames or you know throughout history. It wasn't necessarily like that But anyway on a more like literal like you know self Sense of freedom. It's just being able to do what you want to do go where you want to go without really having to answer to Anybody Um, and like I said before it comes with a price and that price is I mean it's discipline It's it's being creative. It's working hard. It's um, all of that, and all of that allows us to have our freedom that we do on our own boat.
0: Yeah, and I feel like we really do have the ultimate freedom on the boat because, yeah, we can go and do whatever we want. We work from our boat too, so while we're in all these cool places, we can stop whenever we need to, get the work we need to do done, and then continue on doing all the fun stuff. So I think we are very lucky in how we figured out to do this. and. Just the fact that, yeah, we're in a beautiful place right now, and we're healthy, and we're safe, and we're living on our boat.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think freedom, like, freedom living on a boat, I I feel like people have a perception about it that is slightly different from reality, and it just goes back to what I said again. It's the discipline and the cost it takes, because I think people have a percep- perception of true freedom, like, you don't have any responsibilities, Which is
0: not true. Which
1: is not true. Yeah, I don't think... I I can't really think of an example where where that is true. I mean, you always have responsibilities. There's always a price to pay somewhere. And with us, I mean, we could talk about that in a lot of different areas. because We could talk about it in work. We could talk about it in... um, Maintaining our boat, um, but it all goes back to you know if we if we take care of those responsibilities, then we can be as free as we want to be with with our boat. Did we beat that one to death? <laughs> I,
0: <think so. laughs> um, I could talk
1: about that one for down there twenty minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, one thing we have made sure to do as well as possible is make our boat self sufficient and making it self-sufficient obviously goes back to that whole freedom talk- topic and yes of course lets us go and do what we want to do but for example self-sufficient so we have solar panels we collect our energy from the sun and it gets stored in our batteries and we are not dependent on the grid we turn salt water into fresh water we're not dependent on the city water system we have spear poles and fishing poles and we can catch our own food we try as much as possible but if we really were in a situation where we needed to we definitely could um what other ways are we self-sufficient
1: um yeah i mean you touch on electrical you touch on water and plumbing um and food and that's i mean what else you really need we have shelter as well um and those are the basics of you know, being able to survive and being self-sufficient. And then we also have our luxuries. I mean, we have a refrigerator, freezer, fans, um, our bed and, you know, our toys. And yeah, we're just self-sufficient with most of that. And again, that goes back uh, into like kind of setting our boat up to be that way. Um, And we do have to make sure that we maintain our systems. We do have to make sure that we have backups for the essential systems we need to live. just in case something breaks down and we're out in the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, so why um, why is self su- being self-sufficient such a good thing? In my eyes, it's because we can be at that secluded anchorage for weeks at a time without having to worry about going to the dock to get water or um, fuel or anything like that. So how long do you think we could potentially stay in an isolated anchorage without going to
1: man if we were stocked up on the food that we needed and nothing really broke down nothing major broke down like uh, in terms of our electrical or water maker system then we could potentially live like on the hook for like at least a month or two
0: and just knowing that is like an amazing thing
1: especially if we're in a spot where we can catch a bunch of fish yeah and conch and lobster um then all we really need is like some fruits and vegetables or whatever, I'm sure we can get that from canned stuff when we run out, and then water. And uh, and the only thing that it takes to make water is fuel. And if the water we're making it from, the salt water that we're making the fresh water from, as long as it's pretty clean, then we shouldn't need um, too many filters or anything. I mean, we could get on the current filters for at least a month or two.
0: Yeah, so it's just, it's an amazing thing knowing that we can go in the middle of nowhere and spend weeks at a time, just the two of us, Three. (laughs) Three. (laughs) Oh, bad dog mom over here. And yeah, just enjoy it.
1: One of our other favorite things about living on a boat is that it forces us to do certain things. And um, I like that. I like the challenge. I like... This kind of goes back to the discipline thing, too. It forces you to... Adapt and plan ahead and get creative and you could talk about a million different scenarios with those things But basically things are constantly changing around us and we have to adapt to those those situations and we have to plan ahead or have a plan B um when those scenarios change and sometimes it takes a little bit of creativity and just living on a boat especially moving around and sailing on a boat forces you uh to think about all the scenarios and forces you to to do all those things plan ahead get creative and adapt when things change or things don't go right so i do really like that that part about living on a boat
0: and i have to give you major props for that because i'm always so impressed with how something can go wrong and i could think it's like the end of the world and all of a sudden you're bringing out parts from different areas of the boat and oh. just creating something that I didn't think was possible. You're so sweet. <laughs> um, a specific example, a couple weeks ago, we were bad bad planning on our part. We didn't have an extra jug of water and we ran out of water in our tanks. So we got out the generator, you, turned on the water maker, and our generator wouldn't start. So you ripped the whole thing apart and it ended up, what, being a bad gasket? we didn't have any so you just decided to make your own and it worked oh that's right for yeah main, I did for, I... until we needed until we got new gaskets in the mail
1: yeah yeah and then the same thing happened the other day actually but it was just we had crap in the carburetor bowl and then it was clogging the float switch and we were like leaking fuel leaking gas but same thing like I could just rip it apart and figure out the problem and but that just I mean it comes from some experience but it's also planning ahead and adapting like I knew that we, I needed some sort of gasket material to be able to do repairs like that, whether it's the generator engine or the main engine. Um, and then, yeah, just remembering that, you know, that's a scenario and, and that I have those materials and then to adapt to the situation, use the materials to, um, to solve the problem.
0: So if, you, if we live in a house and not on a boat, do you think you would be as, how would I say it, Mr. Fix-It? or as good as fixing things as you are by yourself without any resources
1: uh yeah i think you always have that like experience like i think you definitely probably build it much more on a boat trying to be self-sufficient and forcing you know being forced to be self-sufficient so yeah i don't know i mean i would carry it through to a, a house and i think a lot of people have that but at the same time like i feel like land life and living in a house is a little more of a world of like planned obsolescence of like Things, you know, things are cheap, and they break easily, and you just go to the store and get a new one instead of trying to
0: fix it. Yeah, but if you're out, um, like, in the Gulf Stream or whatever, crossing from Florida to the Bahamas, and uh, one of your fuel filters in the engine goes out, like, you can't just yeah, you... call up a guy and have him deliver it to you in the middle of the Gulf Stream. Right, but... you
1: have to kind of adapt a mindset of things not being, um, op- up, you know, having a planned obsolescence or... or... Um, going to the store and just getting a new one. You have to think about, okay, this, and, and that's what, especially with our experience of working on boats and, and doing all the work and maintenance on boats, you learn to, like whatever you're doing, you learn to think, all right, well, how important is this system I'm working on? Say it's just changing a filter. How important is this filter? What happens if this filter were to get clogged? Well, I should have spares, right? And then that should solve that problem or uh, maybe you start running out of spares well now if you're on your last filter and it gets clogged what's gonna happen it just forces you to think think into the future and um you know maybe have an option to bypass that primary fuel filter and just uh run it through the secondary or i don't know get into the weeds a little bit there but i think i made their point
0: Yeah. And then,
1: um, I wanted to, uh, are we still on the same topic? Yeah,
0: go for it. And we can add this too.
1: (laughs) I want to talk, I want to touch a little bit upon two things. First, I think it's Brian Toss. He's a famous rigger. And in one of his books, he talks about like exactly what we're talking about, kind of adapting. And, you know, you could call it like being MacGyver. Do you know who MacGyver Mm -hmm. is? so being MacGyver and just kind of making things work with what you have and but he talks about it being a balance like that's always a great skill to have but there is a balance as well because like (laughs) we can talk about how when we first got this boat the previous owner he was very good at that he was very good at like adapting and he had very limited resources financially and he was not fully English speaking and stuff like that and he was by himself right and he didn't have yeah so he was forced to adapt and we found a lot of those adaptions around the boot and they weren't always great, and that's this, you know, this rigger Brian Tots, that's his point, like, you can go too far, and then all of a sudden, your, your, your boat is rigged with, like, household electrical connectors and stuff like that, and that's not good. Um, I mean, maybe you're forced to have done that because that, those are the resources you have, but you gotta write that down and make sure it's taken care of with a proper, you know, heat shrink butt connector or something when you can. So there's a balance. You can't go full-on the MacGyver with your boat and, like, forget about it you got you know you can't go too far in that direction everything <laughs> on the boat is a balance the other thing i want to mention is like i think uh andy shell on and his podcast and i think i talked about a little bit with ryan ryan and sophie sailing ryan ellison and he he's friends with andy and he's been on andy's podcast a lot and i think they have talked about this as well but they talk about you like it, the more you sail the more kind of anxious or nervous you are because you know what can go wrong with no, them with the more experience I, I and i don't know like i see their point i think i'm pretty good at
0: you're like, good. You are good not at being
1: anxious even yeah. with the experience that we gain doing this stuff and the experience of, of knowing what could happen i think i do a good job of like just understanding that and not letting it affect me
0: and even if Um, it does affect you you hide it very well because you know that it'll affect me more than you (laughs) that's true
1: but they they do talk like it is it's something they talk about and it's just like the more you know like you don't get you don't feel safer or more confident i mean you might feel more confident but you just know what more could go wrong so if anything you can become more anxious and uh i see the point and i kind of agree with that um I guess, I guess it's just whether or not that affects you or not. And they, they've crossed oceans before. We've never crossed an ocean, so I can't even relate to some of those experiences yet. Anyway.
0: Yeah, so that brought us back to um, adapting, I suppose. But yeah, so living on a boat helped uh, forces us to adapt, plan, get creative. It also allows us to continually learn. We are always, always, always learning on the boat, whether it's how to fix stuff, how to work the weather,
1: not work the weather Mm -hmm. work around (laughs) work with the weather (laughs)
0: work with the weather um like last night i don't know if this even has to do with learning but last night and the past couple days we're on a mooring we're not usually on a mooring and in the middle of the night the mooring starts banging against the boat because there's a
1: strong there's a strong uh current here that reverses back and forth with the tides. And I
0: feel like you are learning. Every day you learn more about the current in this in this anchorage, and I feel like you learn more about how like the angles of how our mooring lines are attached will prevent it from hitting the boat. I feel like every day you're learning.
1: Right, yeah. We're always learning because when you live on a boat, things around you are constantly changing. And it goes back to adaption like you have to learn to adapt to come up with the solutions to fix the Problem or obstacle that you encounter. Yeah So like you said, you know with the current changing and it's been a little rolly the past few days You know, we've been adapting by setting up a swell bridle off of the mooring and then when the tide switches We kind of have to adjust that because yeah, it'll get stuck yeah, but under the boat and every day
0: you learn to do it a little bit better
1: Oh, thanks. You're just sucking up again.
0: No, <laughs> I'm not. Jeez, take a compliment.
1: <laughs> um
0: Okay, so you got into a little bit of things are always changing around us. The tides, the currents, the water, the wind, everything's changing, even, but so is the location, the people.
1: Right. And that's and that's more yeah, the the people and then the location can be our choice and the people can be our choice as well. So like if we get you know, sick of our neighbors or <laughs> or sick or bored of the location, we can pick up and go. And that's a great thing about living on a boat.
0: Yeah, or if you find people in your anchorage that you really enjoy hanging out with, you will have friends for life. Like for example, right now we have Candy and Tim on a mooring right behind us, and they are on Sailing Ohana, Happy YouTube channel, and they are super, super, super sweet, and I think we will be friends with them forever. We're social distancing, but we're social distancing together, so in order to not go to the grocery store, we've been going out in two separate dinghies, diving pretty similar spots together, but we're at least- able to say hi and wave and have some sort of interaction with people so they've been super sweet and keeping us good company over here
1: well i guess with that like the location and the weather and stuff we've been talking about that brings us to a point we come up with is that one of the reasons we love living on our boat is because we're more in touch with nature um mm. we're just whether it's the weather the water the sea life the you know the marine life in general Um, yeah, we're just in touch. Even, like, the cycles of the day, we are in touch with, like, the diurnal cycles, because when things get dark out, it's, like, it's, it's different from land life. We just kind of start to fade with the sun going down, and they call it Cruiser's Midnight, because at, like, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., it feels like it's midnight to us.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we don't have a TV to turn on and just watch the news or watch a show or whatever, so we'll play cards and eat dinner and when that's done like what do we do we go to bed early wake up early
1: (laughs) and we will watch like a movie on the ipad or something like that and we will work on the computer and we do have lights and headlamps and stuff but still it's just not the same for some reason it just you you do start to fade and and get tired with the sun going down and you we eventually do usually go to sleep much earlier than we would probably living on land.
0: and i think that's because we take more advantage of the daylight we suck every second out of it and then we're tired, so we do go to bed.
1: And we yeah, and we do and we try to do that as much as possible because it is easier to do things on the boat with daylight rather than having to use you know headlamps and stuff and compartments and I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then okay, so back to it being more in touch with nature, like where we are right now, there are turtles everywhere. Absolutely everywhere and they pop their head up, say hello, you can Even- go swimming with them, take some photos with them, like it's just amazing it is so cool to be that exactly in touch with nature
1: yeah and and that's how it's been the past few anchorage anchorages we've been in um throughout the USVI's here um there's been a lot of turtles and then yeah you can dive right under your boat we're in crystal clear water so we can just see like a ton of fish we had tarpon behind the boat every single night when we turned the light on Um, and we do a lot of, you know, you, as you guys know, we do our YouTube channel. So we're always on the computer editing videos and answering comments and stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of cruisers don't, you know, most people are retired or so they have an even, even more of an opportunity to just sit outside and just watch what's going on around them. And we do have that opportunity and we take advantage of it, but yeah
0: and what another thing that kind of got brought up because you just said youtube so a video we just posted yesterday we are sailing in dominica and we dominica dominica dominica
1: dominica. We, dominica yeah you're you're saying it the wrong way again because we're we've been editing the parts of us saying it the wrong way
0: oh. well <laughs> dominica No. Dominica. Dominica, you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm wrong. (laughs) Anyway, I'm saying it the
1: wrong way because I've been editing it.
0: Okay, so we get to visit these beautiful places on our boat and in this video we are sailing from one anchorage to the other and we get the opportunity to see a sperm whale. And And they're
1: super rare, right? And
0: they are super rare and it was just the most amazing experience. Not one,
1: it was a multiple.
0: Yeah, and just kind of the opposite experience of that is, we had it to ourselves for about 30 minutes and we put the sails down, turned the engines weren't on, we just had our camera out and we're just watching it swim by. And then a few minutes later, we had a whole whale watching tour come out. And that's totally fine. Like I know a lot of you don't live on a boat and that's what you get to do, but just seeing the different experiences we have of this power boat ramming up and going right very, very, Close to this whale, engines turned on, everybody's around you. You're experiencing it with thirty other people, where we get to experience. (laughs) You're all
1: in orange. Yeah, where we get to experience (laughs)
0: it with ourselves, no engines, just complete nature, and it's really, it's it's so different, and just we're so grateful for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I've always like loved like even as a kid we go on family vacations right to these amazing spots you know whether it's Aruba we went to Hawaii one time um even like South Carolina or like Hilton Head we went to and rented a house for a week or something with my family and I've always been attracted to like I remember Aruba for example because my parents used to have a timeshare there and you know, it was very resorty and very just kind of you know facade, and it's great. Like people love that, and I enjoyed it. But I always, and I think my brother and even my sister are the same way too. We always kind of, especially me though, we always like Seek went, yes, yeah, sought out, like walked a mile down the beach to where there were no hotels, and went snorkeling off the little rock ledge, or just kept going and just you know tried to find the authentic experience of the place rather than, you know, what the resort built for you. Um, And that's what we get to do constantly on our boat, which, yeah, is amazing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, yes, nature and, and not even that. Okay, so not even just animals, but even places like hiking. Um what's an example of some place that nobody was around and we took a really cool hiking trail like this beach over here you would never know it's not on the chart there's no um structure on it and there's just crazy cool rock cliffs and blowholes. and how would you describe this beach
1: yeah um yeah just really crazy rock formations with the and different goats, patterns goats and then goats the walking around yeah <laughs> and 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 then there's like kind of shallow water on one side, so it's like shallow blue turquoise water, and on and the other side deep it's like deep, blue. deep blue, like deep water, and it's rough and calm and,
0: and an average just person, a cool spot. Yeah, an average person doesn't get to go there. Like, we're just exploring on a dinghy, and we find these really cool places, and if we weren't based off of our boat, we wouldn't get to do that. Right,
1: right, because we can be anchored out here, and then, yeah, and then take the dinghy even further, and just have the time and, and be in this spot to explore and find these unique places on our own.
0: Yeah, and all of this stuff gets into our, I think our next topic is it keeps us active. Like, yeah, we're in all of these new places. So we want to go get out and enjoy them. And that usually involves us hiking or swimming or diving or using our body and not just sitting on the couch watching TV. Living on a boat can cause you to be lazy because you are in a small space. But if you are aware that that could happen and you put in every effort to experience where you are, then you will stay happy and act more active than you probably would in a house
1: yeah i think we meet uh, we meet cruisers from both ends of the spectrum um a lot of people do are very sedentary i think is the right word you're just kind of lazy around the boat which is fine like you know they enjoy that yeah and
0: that's just the way they want to live too. yeah
1: and it's just it's relaxing they can read and you know have have happy hour every night and you know whatever and uh and then but on the other end of the spectrum even even with older retired couples we've met they'll just always seek out the activity. They'll always be in the water snorkeling or um, look for that next hike up the mountain, you know, at the top of the mountain right next to where they're anchored. And, you know, and some more words on being active. Like we, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, we like to do a lot of things. Besides just uh, snorkeling and hiking, we like to spearfish and kiteboard and paddle and surf. And I think we know that if we want to keep doing these things and doing them well, that we have to keep ourselves um, healthy and active. And that requires even requires us to do more than just doing those activities and hiking. It requires us to actually work out um, and try to stretch and do yoga. And you've been better at that kind of stuff than I have been lately because I get caught up in a lot of projects and boat projects and stuff like that. But still, it is on my mind, and I have been working out and especially recently been stretching more
0: yeah and we have so much to say on this topic so i think we're gonna do its completely own podcast on how we stay active living on a boat yeah that's that's the gist of it like we like to move and living on a boat helps us get moving so does our
1: you aware. (laughs) it makes you aware that you should you got to keep moving because if you stop then you will get restricted and i think that's where a lot of people a lot of cruising couples will switch from sail a sailboat to a trawler later in their life that's what the general trend is and whatever everyone yeah, says we're just
0: opposite. and
1: i think that's yeah we're opposite <laughs> but i think that's part of it like you you know if you're not careful you can get sedentary and, and not able to do the physical requirements you know required on sailboat
0: we talked about being in touch with nature so let's talk a little bit about how i personally think that we have less of an impact on the earth and then we could talk
1: about how i think we have less impact on the earth
0: (laughs) i was gonna ask you well
1: you said how you think (laughs) yeah and
0: then i was gonna say do you would you agree um i yeah i personally think we have less of an impact living on a boat than we would in a house would you agree with that statement
1: we definitely do and i think that this is probably a debated topic or controversial topic especially with people like All right, so right now we are you know obviously in the self isolation because of the COVID-19 pandemic and the big thing going on in the US Virgin Islands right now is that there's a lot more cruising boats than normal and I think the residents here are a little bit um, upset yeah there's a little bit animosity about that um, especially with the residents who live on or close to the water because they think you know they think everyone's dumping their sewage and uh they're able to use the beaches and they're anchoring on coral and seagrass and stuff like that and that's probably true in some instances
0: but it's definitely not true in our instance
1: right so i think like i think living on a boat you you become more conscious of
0: your impact
1: your impact right because Yeah, like uh, we are snorkeling every day, so we see the beautiful coral, and then we see a lot of, yeah, Yeah. we see dead coral in a lot of places, and then just the destruction of coral that (laughs) comes from, um, you know, possibly people anchoring on it. And
0: we see trash on these empty beaches in the middle of nowhere, so obviously we're not going to go throw our trash trash in the ocean. We're going to do our part to collect it, keep it on the boat as long as possible, even if we're not allowed to go to land, until we can find an acceptable place to throw it. And I just think a lot of people on land don't. Um
1: well, a lot of uh, land is very easy, and it's not necessarily wrong. Like it's not wrong. I mean, you don't have to be super conscious about it necessarily. I mean, you should be, you know, for recycling and stuff like that. But um, the systems set up are pretty easy, so you don't have to be super conscious. But living on a boat, you you uh, you do have to be conscious, and it forces you to be conscious of because like another instance is like all our water, all our wastewater uh, eventually might go into the sea, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all our gray water, our shower and sink water goes into directly into the ocean and that's fine. Um, And then our sewage, our our black water, we have to go three miles offshore to dump our black water into the ocean. And that's perfectly fine because it's all organic matter and um, the environment kind of absorbs those nutrients
0: and Um, that's a law like three miles offshore yeah yeah
1: and that's a law and um i think it's mostly to protect you know public beaches and stuff like that because the biggest risk with sewage is just people getting sick from it um you know whether it's bacteria or viruses and that so yeah if you go through that's the rule but it makes you it makes you conscious of not putting stuff in the toilet that could be bad for the ocean you know in a house it'd be so easy to like dump a chemical or something down the toilet and it just goes away here it's going directly into the ocean so you better think about you know what goes in there like
0: biodegradable biodegradable soaps and and shampoos and conditioners and all that no
1: no plastic or or things that aren't biodegradable
0: exactly and yeah exactly less plastic because we are holding our trash for multiple weeks at a time we don't have a, a a dump a dump trunk coming every tuesday thursday to collect it we're keeping it on the boat so we want to make sure we buy and use as little plastic or garbage as possible and another thing with this big issue um in the virgin islands right now of all these people not wanting you to dump your sewage i don't know if they realize that most cruisers make their own water so i don't think a lot of cruisers want to dump where you're making your water right now and if you have to go to land to collect water, like at a marina or something, that's putting you at risk of getting this coronavirus. So they're going to do everything in their power to make their water, which, in the other case, would make them not dump their sewage.
1: Right, right. And and a water maker would work if you were, even though you were dumping your sewage, but it would just clog your, it would just ruin your membranes pretty yeah. cl- quick. Um, yeah, I think that I think that argument is uh i think yeah i'm sure there's some very specific scenarios where that's happening but like i think someone like reported finding a piece of feces on the beach or something which doesn't doesn't really happen from a boat because everything gets macerated so i don't know i think it's just uh people are kind of stuck at home and just i don't know typing (laughs) typing on social media typing away.
0: but anyways back on the topic less of an impact on earth so um we personally, I think we do, but some boats, yeah, probably do not. Like if you're a big mega yacht, blasting your engines to go as fast as possible to get somewhere quick, yeah, you're burning a lot of fuel, probably equal to like a big truck every day, like driving on the highway, whatever. Um, but we're sailing, and and yeah, does that make sense?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you could go real deep into those arguments like you you could go into like if you're talking about impact of you know overall impact of the environment living on a sailboat like you could talk about like the technology used to build the sailboat and what's going to happen when the sailboat is done you know it's trashed and uh, you could get pretty far into it but just in a very direct sense of of living you know in nature and having a direct impact on the environment i think that uh just makes you more conscious and yeah yeah because you do see um video yeah I don't know
0: yeah we see stuff and we it it makes us learn of what we want to do and what we don't want to do and how big of an impact we want to have so I like that can you think of any other reasons why you love living on a boat the view but I guess that was back to the beginning of our own private island
1: I mean we talked about living off the sea a little bit did we do we talk about that being
0: self-sufficient yeah like if you live in the middle of like a neighborhood you can't go off your back deck and put a line in the water and catch your dinner and we can so that is so cool
1: i guess the last thing i have to say about it is just sailing in general is just fun like yeah it's our it's our home it's where we it's what we can bring to new places and, um, you know, what we can live on when we're at the new place. But just getting there is, you know, just sailing. Especially this boat is a blast. Um, it's it's just, it's just fun to sail. Especially when it's calm. <laughs>
0: Especially when it's calm. But
1: you know what? It, the other thing that goes along with that is that it is rewarding and fulfilling. Like, to travel from one place to another with your home and doing it all by the wind is pretty fulfilling and by yourself
0: like just knowing that where we are right now we didn't hop on a plane to get here well i guess i technically didn't meet <laughs> you but in a and we sailed our boat here ourselves yeah. together and yeah that's pretty dang
1: cool and the, you know what the ultimate like fulfillment is in that regard what when we sail off anchor and then we sail back onto anchor and we literally did not start the engine once but we moved our boat however far just by sailing without any Auxiliary power,
0: and that is not easy. And sometimes well, we don't some, sometimes, fully succeed. But sometimes it's easy.
1: Sometimes it's not easy. Yeah. Sometimes we're just in. A, I mean, because we rely on the auxiliary power, so sometimes uh we just put ourselves in a situation where we kind of need to, or it's much easier too.
0: Yeah, and we're trying to get better at it too.
1: But sometimes it's super easy, and it's it is rewarding and fulfilling.
0: And back to learning. Now that you're talking about sailing, like you're always, and I guess I am too, like always learning how to sail better yeah you specifically you are always looking at the sails trim this trim that move this move this like and that's because at night you read your book and you're like okay well I need to be able to do this better and then you do it and you learn from it
1: yeah and I think you can go like I don't think you have to be that way I think sailing sailing's an art like you you could be a professional sailor in your whole career you're still learning and and uh, that's what I like about it, um, but I don't think you have to be that way. I think you you can get good enough, you know, which isn't doesn't take that much, right? Get good enough to sail, and it yeah. works.
0: But my point is, is you like learning, so yeah.
1: So the opportunity to learn is there. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that goes along with like a lot of things of living on the boat. Like I mentioned to you before about just you know say splicing dynema and doing our standing rigging ourselves. Like that was just an opportunity to learn something new that was there and that is functional on our boat and I really like that and you don't need to do that like you can get a rigger to do your standing rigging and, you know conventional stainless steel and just have it done and you don't have to learn that but the opportunity is there and to put it in use
0: yeah and I guess we could I guess we could talk about learning all day but we love to learn and another thing that we have learned and are continually learning on the boat is to, yeah, catch, clean, and cook our own fish. So catching, obviously, you guys know is the hard part, but we also have learned to clean. We've cleaned tuna and conch and lobster and crabs, like, and we're always learning new ways to do it faster or better or cleaner. And then cooking it. Like, the other day, for the first time, we cooked the head of a big lobster and ate the head meat, like... That was new and totally different.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of meat and a big lobster. Eh? And
0: we had to Google it to find out how to do it and whatnot. But now it's going to be one of our staple meals. Like when we can get lobster, of course. But
1: Especially the big ones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, learning school, we like to do it. And we have lots of opportunities to do it on the boat.
1: Awesome. Well, I think that probably wraps up this podcast about our favorite things about living on a boat. We hope you guys enjoyed it.
0: I hope that if you are a good kind husband and you're trying to convince your wife to live on a boat that you can show her this and she'll be like wow like that's really cool
1: what about if you're a good kind wife and trying to convince your husband exactly to live on a boat? you could totally- does that work yes
0: it does it does it does or if you're
1: how often do you think that's the scenario
0: <laughs> not as often but i hope in the coming years it will be more and more common
1: if you could make sure you leave a review for this podcast and share it with one or two or five of your friends that would be amazing and Yeah.
0: And I got a message the other day. I don't know if you can review on Spotify. I don't know if you can review on a lot of streaming uh, sites, but you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So if that's where you're listening, please do so. If the streaming site you're listening on accepts a review, please do so. And let us know because as we said, we're new to this whole podcast thing and we like to learn.
1: Yeah. Let us know what you like about it, what you don't like about it, and maybe some future topic ideas.
0: Yep. And if you want more of us you can head on over to our youtube channel tools on the summer
1: or instagrams yep tools on the summer just search that you'll find them Yep. or our website
0: <laughs> and thank you so much for listening we hope you all stay safe and healthy and have an amazing day see you guys bye